0: Well, they avoided that conversation. And then guess what? About six months in, it, it got a little weird because some of those opportunities came up and there wasn't clear roles and responsibilities and kind of status quo of like, if this happens, this is how we're going to handle it. And, you know, I think it's dovetailing a little bit away from each other. or Not dovetailing, but you know what I mean? They're splitting up a little bit. What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren
1: here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani.
0: going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the short term of the secrets podcast i am your host mike shogren here with my main man and brother from another mother mr emmanuel Pani. what's up e?
1: my brother so good to see you It has been a little while i love when we do episodes in a batch but then i don't get to see you or talk to you for a couple of weeks in between them so it's not as fun for me um uh, but overall man life is good um Pony properties the brokerage Officially opened last week. So, our real nice dude, congrats! It's amazing, it's in full swing. Um, so if you are in the South Florida market looking for a brokerage or a realtor or anything of those things, uh, let us take care of you. So, that's been a long time coming, too. So, I'm really excited and and really looking forward to kind of like building another business. So, part of me is also like, oh my goodness, is going to be a whole other set of things to do. Um, by the same time, that's you know that's what we do, right? Like that's, I, I don't know how else. That's to do the game, things, right? Like I don't know how else to do things, right? Like I'm not able to just kind of chill. I just, this this is just how my brain works. I'm like, okay, I do this full time. I might as well just own it, right? Hundred percent it has been exciting. How are you guys?
0: We're good, man. We're good. We um kind of wrapping up the crazy busy season. Though we're still going strong through the fall, which is great. Um, launching one more property in the next couple of weeks, just waiting on some more deliveries. Um, my garage is completely full again, as, as always. The garage just becomes a storage unit, and I have a storage unit for str yeah. stuff, so yeah, same. I don't know how it ends up here, but anyway, um, <clears throat> contemplating doing a live event. I went golfing with our boy Ryan Snow a couple of weeks ago. Mm. So Ryan um, and Cody Sanchez are business partners. They have a company called Unconventional Acquisitions, and they teach people how to buy small businesses. And so we were catching up, and um, he was like, "Hey man, we should do like a joint event at your hotel."
1: Yeah, And like um, have
0: like a small intimate event, like twenty people or something like that. I love
1: Cody Sanchez. I heard her speak at a One Life event, and she yeah, was she's, wearing she's this this. Swave jacket I'll remember for the rest of my life and she was just rocking it like she just dropped bombs and bombs and she would just I don't know do like you just see people in their natural element and it, it just I, it's just like when you watch like a great athlete do its thing and you just watch it in awe and you're like I don't know how you do it you know she was the same thing she was so knowledgeable and just so charismatic and 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 Ryan too, like I, I love Ryan too. So it's, that'll be a lot of fun.
0: Yep. Yep. So we'll see. We're tentatively looking at November because that's honestly the first point in time where the whole hotel would be open for a couple nights, um, which is a good problem to have. Because I was like, oh, maybe we'll do it in October. Nope. like <laughs> We're still booked through October. Yeah, so
1: no, we've been slammed too. It's good. Yeah.
0: So, so yeah. So that's, uh, that's exciting. Uh, my birthday's tomorrow, which is also, fun so as of
1: I, I forget they were september babies my birth is next week yeah exactly you see all great people are born in september this is a new theory that i have um <laughs> you heard it year first and and it's been proven by just me and mike and that's all we need <laughs> a proof of concept It's that oh yeah uh, i love awesome. it i love yeah. it um, yeah um
0: quick plug too so if you haven't already make sure you guys join the free facebook group So Mike Riley, who's one of our top mastermind students, he's been on the show before. He and I are doing uh, every week on Mondays, we have Mindset Monday. And then on Tuesdays, we have Tuesdays with Mike and Mike. Um, So Mondays are obviously all about the mindset side of it. And then Tuesdays are all things STR. So, you know, some weeks we're talking about locks. Um, Last week, we talked about how to hire a virtual assistant, like all these different key topics for short-term rentals. And that's right now just in the Facebook group. And it's totally free to join. So go check that out uh, over on Facebook, Short Term Rental Secrets Group. Um, We're going to be doing another webinar towards the end of this month. I think I've got it tentatively scheduled for Wednesday, the 22nd. I think it's going to be at 1 o'clock. I'll keep you guys posted uh, on the registration link and all that good stuff. But um, I know before we were doing it quarterly, but a lot of you guys have sent dms and different messages so i'm going to do my best to try and do that monthly for you guys and just cover different topics and on how to really launch automate and scale a short-term rental business so ramping that up um trying to think if there's anything else still working on the golf game bro
1: yeah i mean that's that's one of those never-ending things to work on yeah you know it's, it's one of those kind of disciplines that you'll do for the rest of your life 100%. 100%. Yeah,
0: I had an interesting experience last week, though, quick pivot, and then we'll get into the episode. Let's go. Um, I was playing with I was playing in a tournament over the weekend. And the guy that I was paired up with was so good. Like he's a scratch golfer, which means like he shoots like 72, where I shoot like 95. Um, and so he was really good. And it was it was fascinating, because the first like four or five holes, we were even like, I was just keeping up with him. And then he made a little comment. He was like, he was like, are you like trying to pull a fast one on me? Cause we had some money on the line and all these different things. And he was like, dude, are you hustling me right now? Like, are you serious? Like, there's no way this is your handicap. And after that hole, it all fell apart for me. And I had this realization after we've talked about it a couple of times on here about like your self-image and like why it's so important. Right. And so those first few holes, I kept visualizing like all my shots. And I was in that, that identity for myself that I'm trying to create around being a really good golfer. And then once that came in, it like, I let it sabotage me. And I got, I went back into that old identity of, oh, you shouldn't be playing this good. And then the round went to hell, but it was just a good reminder for me to like, it's so important to, to have that, to work on that identity and that self-image and that confidence in yourself, because the skills are there. It's just the, the confidence and the self-image that you have that will hold you back. Even if all the other pieces are in place, right. Mm-hmm. And it was just a really good reminder for me. So I just want to throw that out there.
1: Yeah. And and what sometimes what people say, right? Like I get that all the time. It's just they're said it's said in a jokey manner, right? He wasn't trying to sabotage your game.
0: No, not at all. But
1: but you're you're there and you receive it, and then your subconscious mind just takes off and you can't even control it, right? A lot of the times. And it's kind of like the same thing. I played a lot of tennis in my life, and I had those same moments, right? When you're like, I am playing amazing, and the moment you realize you're playing amazing. Everything falls apart because you're like, wait, I usually don't play like this, and then you just, and then you create the reality that you're like, I usually am not this good, so like I shouldn't be this good right now. What's going on? And then you're not that good anymore, and then just that thought comes in,
0: (laughs) poof, it just ruins
1: it. Yeah, you're finished. You know what I mean? You just like, oh, you know, that's why you just sometimes you just gotta keep lying to yourself. You know, ignorance is bliss. You know, just
0: (laughs) well, you gotta you 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 see yourself as the person that you want to be already. So you see yourself, you visualize yourself performing at that level, and then the body just follows suit. You just got to keep those negative thoughts out because they'll pull you back down to where you were before if you let them sneak in there. So,
1: hundred percent.
0: It was uh, it was a good lesson, but yeah. Anyway, let's let's dive in. So 100%. today's episode, we want to talk about partnerships. Um, and Ian and I were talking offline, and one of the things he suggested was we should do like an episode about like all of your FAQs that you get from people, and. Um, you know, through the coaching program and everything else, like what are the most common questions? And after we hung up, I had a, I had an idea for like a, a series that we could do called like, get the fact out of here, like <laughs> in Boston, like I don't know. I thought it was funny, but anyway,
1: the khakis, uh, one of the khakis, uh,
0: <laughs> like FAQ, not F. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, long, yeah. bad joke. Anyway, back to, back to the topic for today. One of the questions that I get asked a lot is. um, you know, should I partner with so-and-so for my business? Like, should I get a partner right out the gate for my short-term rental business? And so I want to unpack this with E because there's a lot of things to consider before you just jump into a partnership with somebody. And I've made a lot of mistakes with this over the past. Um, and I, I want to break that down. So the first thing that I would say is again, getting clear on what what is your goal with the business first, making sure that that goal is in alignment with whoever you're going to partner with, and then asking yourself, what skill sets does this person bring to the table that I do not have? Like, what are they naturally good at that I am not good at? And what do they enjoy doing that I do not enjoy doing? Because one of the mistakes that I made early on was I thought I wanted a partner but what i really wanted was just an accountability buddy to just go through this journey with because it was scary to do it alone mm-hmm. so if i'm going to partner up with a buddy of mine or like ian i talked about partnering up on some stuff years ago on on the multifamily side and then we were like dude we have a lot of the same skill sets like this partnership is just not going to work like we're both like you know visionary high-level thinkers but on the execution and the detail stuff you know, that's not our wheelhouse. We can do it, but we don't enjoy doing it. So the partnership just doesn't make sense, right? So you got to find a partner who's more of like the thinker and can kind of see around the corner and like where you're going. And then you need that integrator that's really good with taking that vision and getting it implemented and creating the systems and getting the people. And, you know, there's a great book by Gino Wickman called Rocket Fuel, where he talks about those two two different types of people, the integrator and the visionary. And I think it's a little oversimplified, but it's a really good starting point to get a sense of like, does a partnership make sense for me at this stage? So I'm going to kick it over to you for a second and just get your thoughts on that and then yeah. go a little different direction.
1: Yeah. So I what I want to speak about is just my personal experience in partnerships that actually didn't work. Right. And, and all of those were partnerships that I did with people that I that I liked and we were friends, but the problem is that I liked them, and they were like me, right? So, and that's that's exactly what you were saying, right? Like, it didn't work because all we wanted to do was just talk big vision and talk things, and we get really excited about, like, the vision and the prospects and everything else, and then there was no execution, and then the friendships ended up really suffering because You can't help it right like when you put effort into something money into something and then it goes, it goes bad, especially if you don't have that big why conversation in the beginning and the alignment of your exit strategies. um, It gets really sour and then I don't know how you guys are but like I know how I am and like if you mess with my money. I get kind of sensitive about it, meaning like I don't hold it against you, but you're going to be at arm's length moving forward, not for anything else, but because I work for my money and I work really hard for it and I respect how I invest it. So you not respecting my investment makes me feel like I'm not respected, right? So to me, it becomes more kind of painful, right? Um, And the other big thing is, is the fear aspect, right? Like I've got into partnerships for fears of wanting to do something by myself. and those are diff- difficult partnerships to get out of afterwards because, again, the conversation wasn't had at the beginning and we weren't clear on what was the exit. And then once you have money and things and properties involved, it gets kind of complicated, right? Um, and on the phone, we were talking about most people do this 50 50 partnerships. And one of my mentors, your mentors, David Osborne, one of the guys that founded abundance said something the other day in GoAbundance and he's like, realize that a 50-50 partnership, a lot of the times is a zero-zero partnership. Because again, there is, no, there is no leader, right? And one of the things that Jim Wickman talks about in the book of Traction as well is like, who's the decision maker, right? And really understanding in the partnership, if you're just friends, who's gonna make the hard, hard decisions and who's gonna be pulling the partnership and making the calls, and if you have a 50-50 partnership, who's who's that person, right? Like when you exit, how are you gonna exit? It, right. So having all this uncomfortable conversation at the beginning, um, which really takes, you know, it's like almost like talking about like getting a prenup before getting married. It's really awkward, right? But it's something that if you can take your need to please people out of the picture you should do it at the beginning because that's when you guys are in the best kind of mood, right? Like you're, you know, you're never going to be more happy than at the beginning of a partnership, right? Like you're going to be super excited. You see the best in each other. You see the best in the future. You see the best in what you're creating. So why not really iron out those, all the details about how you're going to do something from the very beginning
0: hundred percent. And I don't want it to sound all doom and gloom. So what what I want to do with this episode (laughs) is talk about uh, some partnerships that we went into that didn't go well. And then some partnerships that we've been in and some of my students have been in that have done very well. Right. And just kind of compare and contrast and look at why some of them didn't work and why some of them did work. Right. And so I touched on this a little bit before, but the, the first quote unquote partnership I had was with a buddy of mine who we were both studying real estate and we wanted to get into multifamily apartments and so we were investing in all the education all the programs and everything else together but the thing that i found was we had very similar personalities we had very similar skill sets and then just like e said when it came to the execution there weren't clear roles and responsibilities of like okay i'm going to do this you're going to do this and then we're going to come back and that's going to complete the package. It was just like, okay, we were both out looking for deals. And then we were both looking for investors. And we were both doing this. We were both doing that. And it just, it was not efficient. Contrasting that to the partnership that I have with um, my two partners on the hotel in Rockport, we had those conversations up front of like, okay, they were going to bring the capital. I was going to run all the operations, but each of them also had different roles during the initial setup of like, all right, I'm going to gonna I'm gonna be in charge of getting these contractors for the renovation because that was what their wheelhouse was. They're going to handle getting different permits and all these different pieces. I was going to handle coordinating the design with Kristen, handling all the logistics for that. And it was very laid out and clear around, this is what the partnership looks like. This is what compensation looks like. This is what equity ownership looks like. Um, this is what happens if something goes south. Like all of those things are spelled out And at the end of the day, like when it comes to the operation side, I'm running point on that. So like we meet once a month, we review the numbers, we review KPIs together. We look for different ways to improve things, but at the end of the day, they're trusting me to make the right call and run the, handle the daily operations through the team. So like there's, there needs to be trust and expertise in different areas for that partnership to work and clear roles and responsibilities. And that's why it does so well contrast that with, um, a couple of people that I've worked with in the past that have been students of mine where they got together early on in a partnership. And I had this conversation with them that E and I were just talking about of like, you guys need to sit down and have a very frank conversation around whose roles and responsibilities are what. And if one of you gets a lead for another property for another co-host deal, do you guys split that? Or does that person get that deal separate from the partnership or you know, just ironing out all of those details so it doesn't get weird. Well, they avoided that conversation. And then guess what? About six months in, it, it got a little weird because some of those opportunities came up and there wasn't clear roles and responsibilities and kind of status quo of like, if this happens, this is how we're going to handle it. And, you know, I think it's dovetailing a little bit away from each other, or not dovetailing, but you know what I mean? They're splitting up a little bit. And the way to avoid that is to have those conversations at the beginning, to be honest with yourself, and anytime I'm recruiting now for talent on my team, I put them through a personality assessment. It's called Five Voices. You can go to fivevoices.com and I, I love it. For me, it was very eye opening. And I've done a ton of different assessments, but I found for me, this one worked the best. Um, and so I know for me, like I'm a creative pioneer, which means I'm a very high level thinker. I can see the vision of everything and I like to get things done. Okay. To complement those skill sets, I need more of like a guardian pioneer, somebody that's very analytical, very detailed, you know, that can handle a lot of like the operational stuff where I'm dancing around doing 50 different things, casting the vision. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to do this. Having a partner that can ground you and be like, okay, well, here's what we need to execute first, then second, and then third, and kind of bringing order to everything. That's an effective partnership. But if you don't have that, if you don't understand what puts your team in flow and what they enjoy doing naturally to them. It's going to put a big strain on the whole team. It comes down to getting the right, the right butts in the right seats on the bus at the end of the day. It's like looking at a chessboard. So if you want to go the partnership route, great. You still need to look at that chessboard and figure out what pieces am I missing that somebody else can fill based on their natural tendencies and their expertise. So you need to be more strategic rather than just jumping into bed with somebody because it feels better to go at it as a team than it does to go at it alone. So I don't know if you want to, want to chime yeah, in on anything, Patty.
1: Yeah, so many things are coming to mind. Um, I love the, the right buds in the right seat analogy, but also understanding, right, is going back. I mean, if you guys have been listening to this podcast for a little while, you, you know, we talk about this over and over. It's really understanding your why, and understanding the vision, right? And understanding that sometimes at the beginning, you're going to do, especially if you're a two-person partnership, you're going to end up doing everything, right? Between the two of you. But it's even there is in knowing how big you want to scale and creating all the system and procedures behind that. It's in creating the roles for the future. So even if you're a two-person partnership, but your vision is we're going to grow to a hundred units then understand that the structure for 100 units is X. And there's going to be a bunch of roles in there that at the beginning, you, Mike, as that partner, is going to have to do. And me, he, as the partner, is going to have to do. But eventually, those roles are going to get leveraged out. right? And understanding that like, at the end of the day, this is my area of expertise. This is where I'm going to stay in. I am willing to do this and this at the beginning, but with the understanding that long-term, 12 to 18 months from now, this role is going to be replaced. And then another 12 to 18 months after that, this role is going to be replaced by somebody else. Because if not, it starts becoming really, really taxing. Because what happens if when you keep doing something that is outside of your wheelhouse and your element, it's going to start becoming draining. And this partnership is not going to be exciting. And you're going to start dreading the partnership and dreading your partner because you're not doing what you're supposed to do, right? Like the whole saying, like, if you love what you do, you're never working. That is true for me now because I only do what I love doing. So for me, I can work from nine to nine, no problems, because I'm only doing what I love doing. But that wasn't the case at the beginning. And for me, bringing bringing my wife into the partnership of of the business, completely revolutionized all of the systems because I am the person, I'm the people person, right? So I love talking to clients, I can sell, but the organization, the back of the house was absolutely horrible. Tasha came in and in, I wanna say like three to four months, she created all of the systems that we needed to run the back of the house seamlessly And the experience was completely different. And what that freed me up for is to be better at my job because it wasn't as heavy, right? I wasn't dragging my feet on expense reports. I wasn't dragging my feet on supply runs and organization runs and organizing the team and everything else. All of that stuff was off my table now. And the only thing I was focused on was selling and clients.
0: I want to, I yeah. want to hit on, hit on that topic as well. Cause that that's a whole nother animal is, is being a business partner with your spouse. Right. And, and that I'll be honest, that was something that we navigated Chris and I for a good six months, honestly, before we kind of hit a stride of like, all right, this is going well. Cause initially like, She would help doing some designs here and there when we started, but I was running all the operations. I was literally doing everything. And then I started hiring virtual assistants and all this stuff. And then when she left her job, she had more bandwidth to get involved. And so then it was like, okay, what does that look like? And she's not working for me. She's working with me, right? And getting a sense of like, okay, these are the things that she's going to make the call on. And I'm not going to bust her chops. Like she doesn't need my approval to do X, Y, Z and vice versa. Like I get the final say on these things. And then, you know, we come to each other for input, but that was very challenging for a while because then like you live together, you eat together, you work together and separating that work from your life. And like, if you have a little disagreement in the business or a big disagreement in the business, how do you compartmentalize that at the dinner table with your kids? Right? And that was, that was very challenging for a few months until we kind of hit our stride of like, okay, I don't want to have these fights over these little stupid things. Like, I, don't, I completely trust you and your skill sets on these things. Just go do it. Like, just own this side of the house and I'll own this side of the house. And if we need help from each other, great. But I think it's, again, it comes back to being really clear on who owns what, being clear that it's a partnership and not me above her or her above me, and that it's a true partnership. And these are the complementary skill sets that we bring to the table. And if I'm having issues, I can bring them to her. And if she has, she's having issues, she can bring them to me. And then we can take that step back and be like, okay, what do we need to fix in the business? So one of the things that we were doing recently was I, I was revamping our core tenants for the company, or some people call it core values. And one of the things that I, I wanted in there was correct the process, not the person right it's not somebody's fault it's a it's a screw up in a process or it's a faulty process so how do we how do we create better processes what's what's a better way to streamline things or a better communication methodology so that things don't get missed but it's not a person's fault at the end of the day we're running the business we need to do a better job of creating systems and communication and accountability so
1: but that's money also right like that counts with a lot of a lot of maturity in understanding yeah. that. And I think, like, I mean, the way... So I think I think we have an idea of what a successful business owner is that is getting updated now over time. But the guy that rules his company by fear, that's not it, right? Like, that's no. not... And, and your team is not going to perform for you long-term. And it's the same thing with your partner, right? Like, the fact that you have a very short temper it's your problem right and it's not something that your partner should have to deal with it's not something that it's excusable that's because it's just the way you are right like that's something that you should work on because it's understanding like in the moment a lot of the times when you're going off off your tangents why is that happening right and going back to the understanding at the beginning it's like how do you create a successful partnership is having a conversation at the beginning is like, okay, if we're having some trouble, if there is some friction here, who's the ultimate decision maker, right? And how do we deal with it? And how do we successfully communicate with each other, right? Because the partnership is not going to go anywhere if you can't communicate. And the partnership is never going to grow with the team and everything else behind you if people are afraid of coming to talk to you because you're going to go into a rage fit. Because people are going to be like, you know what, man, let's whatever. I don't want to deal with this, right? But that doesn't help you. And the other thing is, and this was hard for me at the beginning, just let it go, right? If you trust somebody to be on your team or to be part of your your partnership and they have a role that you guys have agreed upon, that is their role. And I don't even need to look at it, right? So my partnership with John, So John and I buy apartment buildings together. We have very similar personality on a lot of things. So we think similarly on a lot of things, but we're fundamentally different on a couple of things. And on those things that we're fundamentally different on, I don't even question it. I don't even need to know. If John says it's a go, it's a go. And if I say it's a go, it's a go. And there is no questioning because that is not not my area of expertise. So like really owning the fact that you've given the responsibility away to somebody else for a reason is because you don't know how to do it. So when it comes down to it, don't try to do it in the moment just because you feel like they're doing it wrong, or just because you need to control
0: people. 100%, 100%. So just to recap it, right? Before jumping into a partnership, just ask yourself a few different questions again. What is the goal of the business? What skill sets am I lacking in that somebody else could fill? And are they in alignment with where we want to go? And then, if you find that person, then have that crucial conversation up front around here's the vision for the company, here's how much money we're going to put into it. If you got to do some financial investments, here's what my roles and responsibilities are, here's what your roles and responsibilities are. Over time, we can reassess and reevaluate, but hopefully, over time, as this business continues to grow, we'll take more stuff off of our plate and fill in that org chart with other people that can take some of this stuff off. But at first, you know, it's just us and we got to both be in it 100%. We both got to deliver 100%. Because again, if you find someone that you partner with and you're given 100% and they're given 75%, again, it's going to build that animosity. Like, why am I the one grinding? Why am I the one pulling this horse? Like, We need to work together on this. So it's a it's a personality. It's a value and it's a culture fit and a skill set fit for a strong partnership.
1: Yeah. And I think what you talked about earlier in doing personality tests, it's super important because a lot of the times people have. So when I met Mike, for example, he he worked as an accountant. So my natural assumption about Mike is that he was analytical, system-driven, and that he was gonna be the guy that does all the analysis and really the implementer. The fact that that's what somebody does for a living does not make them who they are as people and does not mean that that's their natural abilities. And a lot of the times we have come to act in a certain way out of necessity, but when you get down to it and you do a personality test, you can really see what somebody's made of. And having this difficult conversation, asking those questions, you can really understand am I just, am I, are you who I need? Is this the partnership that we need for each other? Like, are you my implementer and I'm your visionary? Or are we both actually visionaries and you have just come to do for living implementer like? Of tasks, but that's not ultimately who you are and what really lights your fire. And if you're coming to this partnership doing the same things, you're gonna one resent me, two resent the partnership, and three not give everything you can to this partnership because ultimately this is not your power. You're not empowered in, in this partnership the same way you're not empowered being an accountant because ultimately you didn't you didn't like it. But if you don't ask the questions and really get to know the other person, you're never going to know.
0: 100%. And then the last step is hire an attorney to draft up your operating agreement because they're going to ask you, they're going to sit you down and ask you a lot of those tough questions. And they're going to force you to think about what happens if, you know, this doesn't work out and somebody wants out. What does that look like? What happens if this partner dies? What happens if You know, whatever the, they'll walk you through a bunch of different scenarios and then they'll document in the operating agreement. So if stuff ever does go sideways, you have this document that you both signed off on that's legally binding. That's like, if this happens, this is how we're going to handle it. So it'll help you think through, again, like getting that prenup, like plan for the divorce before the wedding. It sounds morbid, but at the same time, it's like, this is what you need to do. And it's going to help open that straightforward communication of like, this is what we're going to attack. And if stuff happens, here's how we're going to handle it. And here's how we're going to communicate. But I think those following some of those pointers, and then just being honest with yourself, do you need a partner? Do you actually need one? The answer for most people is no, you don't. You just need some courage. And you need a support group of people around you. But do you need a partner? No, you don't. Yeah. If you want one, that's fine. And if it's the right fit, great. But to start in this business, you don't need one. You really don't. I'll just say that.
1: Yeah. And and I I literally had this conversation this past weekend. Somebody came to the house, and then when I get started in real estate, and they're like, Do you think I should get a partner for my first deal? And the thing is this, right? Like in our real estate culture, that's been a way that A lot of people that are the so called gurus have done it right like they tell you hey i'll mentor you i'll be in this deal with you. And so it's kind of created at least in my mind has created this need to be in partnership with people that have done it before to kind of show the way. And my question to him was like what again i've been trained by Mike so (laughs) what is the vision is like well, I want this to be me and my wife. I'm like, okay, so like why are you taking a partnership with somebody that's not your wife? If that is the goal at the end, and you've bought houses before, you've lived in houses before, you've rented properties before, you've rented Airbnbs before, why do you need somebody that has experience when you can learn it firsthand with your wife or with whoever that partner has to be? And you're not approaching this from a, from a fear space. I think a lot of people look at partners again from from a place of fear and needing to be handheld and needing to be felt like you're enough just because you have me as your partner but i'm the first person if you come to me you're like hey you want to partner on this if that doesn't suit my wheelhouse I'll, i'm the first person to tell you no because again i know that my best use is not to partner with somebody that has never done a deal before because that is not no, my strength, right? Like, I don't want to coach you through it. I don't want to hold your hand through it. My value is in partnership with people that have skill sets that I need, that I've found out over time that I'm not great at, but we're in alignment. But don't act out of fear. A partner is not, you know, like a partnership is not the answer to get you started.
0: You don't need one is what I want to get to. If you want to do one, that's fine, but you don't need it. And just be clear about the intention of the partnership for the long-term. So hopefully you guys found that helpful. Again, more of the story, you don't need one. If you want one, great. Use some of these questions and some of these processes to think through and assess, is this going to be an effective long-term partnership? And if so, great, then move forward. I've partnered with people successfully, E's done it successfully. It's just thinking through, is this the right partner, and do we have the right vision and the right complementary skill sets? And that's all it comes down to. And then it's just getting all your ducks lined up in a row. But that's it for this week's show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys took some notes. If you guys ever need to reach out, join the free Facebook group. I'm active in there. He's bouncing around in there. Mike Riley's bouncing around in there. And then every Monday and Tuesday, we're doing live groups that are, uh, excuse me, live sessions inside that group. So, Make sure you join that group. We'll have the link down in the show notes below. And I will see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Hey, STR Nation. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes. And we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.